Hey, y'all, East Coast Ed here. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can be a monthly supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. This podcast will always be free, but if you help Matt and I out for future episodes, supporters will be shouted out on the show, and large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future. So please click the support tab and enjoy the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, along with my co-host, Ed Carbajal. And on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, uh, happy Thanksgiving week, my man. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm trying to stay warm here in the uh, in the East Coast. But you, you know, were you just saying tw- 28 degree, uh, 28 degree Thanksgiving this year? 28 degrees, man. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not feeling it at all. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be in the low 70s, so I'll be uh, I'll be feeling you. But um, so uh, you know, last week we talked about the the big uh, UFC Argentina and the the Bellator 209 event um, from the past weekend. Uh, some good fights. Uh, did you uh, did you manage to catch Bellator? Uh, I just caught the highlights. Um, obviously, you know what. I watched uh I only watched the fight I watched in full was the was uh Davis versus uh Nemkov. Or was it Nemkov? Yeah, that was uh, and, and Nemkov yeah. uh I guess, you know, I guess pulled off the upset, but uh you know, or he did pull off the upset. I don't know what the actual uh, line was for it, but um you know, we I know we both picked Davis. I think we thought his, he'd use some of his wrestling, but You know um, what? Yeah. I should I should have known better and I think I mentioned it when we were uh, talking about it because the last time I picked against him. I thought McGeary would have done all right, and he beat McGeary. And, I, I mean, I know people were saying it was boring, but when I saw him, I mean, he, he ragdolled Davis at one point. I think it was around two, around one. I think but, it was uh, latter, yeah. I think it was the end of round two. Yeah, and I was just like, holy cow, man. I mean, this guy, this guy, say what you want about him, but, you know, he's he's winning. Yeah, no, I mean, he fought a good fight. Um, he used his kicks. He uh you know, Davis fights just kind of make people that way. You know, he he's so good at what he does. He kind of neutralizes everybody else. And, you know, he's not he's not really in any fight of the night um, fights. But, yeah. you know, another split decision loss. Pretty wild if you look at his record. You know, he's got three or four split decision losses out of, like, his five career losses. So, you know, it, you know I know he's got two split decision losses to Bader and, and now one to Nemkov in his last three losses. So, it's uh, it's amazing how one judge uh, three can uh, could really influence where he where he would be at in his his career. I mean, he might might still be in UFC if he wouldn't lost his last split decision to Bader. So, who yeah. knows? But um, you know, I, I think as I said, I said it um about the fight that Nemkov winning I think would be better for Bellator, and I think it is in the long run. I think it'll allow for a fresh matchup, um, whether it's with Bader or um, you know, whoever else. Musashi, if he moves up to to two hundred five um, at some point, but um, gets a little bit of new blood in there, uh, takes away the chance of having to see a, a, a Bader Phil Davis uh, three or four. Um, well, I would have they fought twice already, so it'd been three, and then you know possibly a four. I mean, they were kind of making themselves the top two in the division, and uh, and Davis was really with a win here would have uh, would have really you know, been in line for another title shot. So I think it'll, uh, I think it'll help out the division. Yeah. Um, I mean, it definitely shakes it up for sure. You know, you got all these favorites that you think will win. And when uh, somebody that's uh, that you didn't predict starts advancing, it definitely makes it things more interesting. Yeah. And him being a Russian, one of Fedor's guys, obviously I'm, uh, I'm invested. Um, so I look forward to seeing where, where he goes. Did, were you able to keep away from the spoilers or did you see spoilers? Um, this was a 24 hour tape delay. Yeah. Uh, you- <laughs> I, no, I, I, I did a good job of keeping away. I saw brief things that I was just like, and then I, anytime I saw something, I, I completely moved away from it or, or just, you know, I didn't check my email. I mean, Belter is pretty good about, about not, you know, the, the PR guys are pretty good about not sending anything out too early anyway, but you know, um, when you follow like international, like folks that are there, the international news outlets, they put stuff out. So I, I think I, was, I did a pretty good job of just staying, 
staying ghost ghosting myself from from that event that day. Yeah, I mean, I just basically kind of stayed off Twitter. Um, tried to tried to avoid that. I never know, you know. I, I did, unfortunately, I you know somebody who I had to end up muting because I saw that they said something about the uh, the the title fight, the uh, Patricio Pitbull versus Emmanuel Sanchez fight going into the fifth round. So instantly, I already knew that you know, unless the guy was just trolling everybody, that 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 fight was going to the fifth. So that was my fault for being on it, but. Um, you know, that fight turned out to be a pretty good uh, slugfest, um, really close fight. Um, I mean, I, Pitbull pretty much controlled it, and I, and I think it was clear that he won, but um, three rounds to two on uh, on two of the judges' scorecards. So, um, you know, Sanchez put up – you know, I, I, I thought going into the fight, you know, I told you I had a feeling that there would be a title change, and obviously that didn't happen. But, uh, you know, Sanchez proved that he can definitely hang with the, uh, the big dog in that division and now the yeah. – uh, the, the most all-time winning fighter in, in Bellator history. Yeah, and he uh, called for an immediate rematch. Like, he wants to do it again, which uh, I, I think that not only do I think it's warranted, I think that would sell. Like, I, I feel like that would be something folks would want to see and tune into. Yeah, I I, I guess. I, I'm not a big I'm not a big rematch guy. Um, if he had won, I suppose I would have given Pitbull a rematch, but I'm just not big on that. Um, I, I, I'd like to see Bellator use Pitbull a little bit more towards like some super fights. Um, I think that fight with Chandler, um, is, is still an interesting fight considering the history Chandler has with his brother. Um, you know, and I know it's early, but man, I'd, I'd like to see Aaron Pico and, and Pitbull, you know, um, and, and Pico's got a fight coming up, uh, against Henry Corrales in, in January. And obviously he's, uh, but if he wins that fight, he'll be on a five fight win streak, but I don't know. Uh, I just, I, you know, uh, inst- immediate rematch. I don't know. Maybe Sanchez make him fight one more fight. Um, like I said, I'd, I'd like to see if, uh, you know, if, uh, Chandler gets his belt back, I'd like to see maybe a title versus title fight, uh, featherweight versus light heavyweight in, in uh, or not light heavy, but lightweight in Bellator. I think that I think that fight would be the fight that would sell and could could headline uh, any of their big cards. Yeah, um, but um, other than that, I re- I really didn't like. I said I tried to avoid it as much as I could. I'm actually um, I put up on Front Proof Media today the uh, the the current card for their uh, the forum for the for the finals of the of the heavyweight Grand Prix because they added a. Uh, Musasi and Lovato uh, against each other for Musasi's belt, which I like that fight a lot. So, I mean, that's up up in your area. I would imagine you're going to make it to that. Oh, I got tickets the day they went on sale. All you had to do was say Fedor, and I'm buying yeah. tickets. But oh yeah, you, I get, forgot. <laughs> you know, if Fedor's fighting, I'm there. Um, you know, I bought some of the cheaper, but I got got good view seats to watch the fights. So, you know, they had a uh, you know, and and you had Musasi, one of my other all time favorite fighters. Uh, a great who uh, is a little bit underrated and, um, and Pico possibly the next, uh, yeah. you know, the next fade or the next, you know, huge thing in, in the MMA world. So I don't know. It's a hell of a card. I, you know, the UFC announced that they're having an event the same night, um, about 10 miles down the street, 15 miles down the street. So, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of that. I, I, that's been UFC's, uh, kind of go to, to try to try to counter, uh, counter, you know, what do you call it? Go up against Bellator, yeah. um, and I, I don't, I don't think that that's a winning thing for either either organization. Um, no, the winning thing would be to try to work together and get their champs to fight their champs or whatever. But what? Well, I mean, that's I think we're a long ways from that. But um, I just yeah. you know, the Bellator tickets went on sale. I know ticket sales are doing all right. Um, but you know, even if even if they're not doing great, let's say that you know, if if five thousand, seven thousand, eight thousand fight fans bought tickets for Bellator that night, you know, that's, that's takes away from your pool as far as drawing for the, the pond, which is yeah. a big, you know, or the Honda center now, but it's a, it's a fairly big, you know, 19,000 seat arena. And, you know, uh, we both know where the UFC is right now. They didn't sell at MSG a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, I don't, you, you just take away from that pool. They don't have the, it's not the same drawing power. Um, I don't think a Sehudo uh, Dillashaw main events going to, going to blow the ticket sales out the door um i know they're talking about cron gracie and some of these other guys maybe bringing them in which are which are cool and might help a little bit with the local sales here in la but um it's not going to draw it's not going to get the casual fan to show up uh, 
99% of the people don't even know who Cron Gracie is. Well, so, I mean, I'll, but a lot of the casual fans, if they, they do know who the Gracies are. So usually when they hear that name, it, it I don't want to say it's going to draw them, but it does pique in, interest for, for the, for casual fans from, from what I hear out in the way, you know, like when I'm out in the bars and stuff, as soon as like when Neiman Gracie fights on a card and I've watched, I've watched it in the bars, uh, Bellator fan in the bars, they're usually like, Oh, that guy's going to win. You know, I usually hear positive reactions to the Gracie name. That's a valid point. Uh, And, and, you know, and I think that that'll work around here, but I just don't, I mean, I don't think he's going to be on the main card. I, I mean, maybe he will be, but I don't know who they would give him to fight. I don't, I don't, you know, historically the Gracies don't exactly yeah. sign up to fight the, the top echelon. I know in his last fight, he fought Kawajiri. So it's not, he didn't, uh, you know, it's not like he's dodging people in, in, in the Japanese circuit, but I just, uh, I don't know. I, you know, um, at featherweight, I don't know, maybe somebody like Cub Swanson, something like that might be a fight that, uh, two Southern California kid, uh, guys, um, might sell, might help bring in an extra, you know, few hundred few thousand ticket sales but i i don't know i just i don't like them having it the same night yeah um, having it the same night's one thing having it in the same city seems like you're uh you're you're kind of stabbing yourself um to try to get it at your opponent and um i don't know i not a big thing but you know if if bellator's got fedor musashi and pico on the card um ufc better better come out swinging if if they're gonna take uh take the hardcore fans away because uh you know you, you go to a Bellator event, you're getting a, a better seat for about a third of the price the UFC is going to charge you. And, you know, like I said, if you got those guys on there with, you know, Ryan Bader's still a household name for a lot of UFC fans. And um, Lovato's going to draw still a lot of the jiu-jitsu community around here. And, you know, it's just a, it's a I, I see people online going, hey, if this is how it kind of holds up, that Bellator is going to be the one to go to that night. And plus, it's free on TV. If, if you're just watching and, the, and those fights are happening at the same time, you yeah. know, and you're, you're just looking for a night of entertainment, not necessarily some maniacs like we are following the sport. I just, I, I don't think you, uh, I don't think you drop the $65. I think you turn on the Paramount or you subscribe to DAZN or, or for 10 bucks and that's how you watch the fight. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Um, but getting back real quickly, uh, just a couple other quick notes. Um, Kristen Delikoff, uh, baby Fedor fought on the, uh, made his debut in Bellator. He actually got knocked out. Um, was uh, came out storming. Uh, fight only lasted a minute. Uh, ended up taking a head kick and then and then getting finished with a with a strong punch. Um, Ryan Couture won uh, his bout. Um, we talked about Cindy Nanois. Uh, she lost a decision on the undercard. Um, and I'm just glad to here. I didn't actually see the prelims because they weren't on. But it looks like uh, was it Henry Gracie. Um, I know he had lost his Bellator debut uh, here in, in, at Bellator 192. Um, looks like he got a decision win, um, so he gets his first career win. That's Hoist Gracie's son. Yeah. So, uh, so he got his first career win. So good for him. Um, so that was the event took place on Thursday, aired on Friday, and then uh, on Saturday we had um, UFC Argentina. Um, did you catch that event? Did you catch? Most yeah, of that? that I did. Yeah, that that I watched. Uh, I caught the main card. Uh, I actually no, I watched the whole thing because I recorded what I missed and, and watched the rest on Sunday. I mean, that was one of those ones I felt like one of those UFC cards that doesn't get a lot of like uh, marketing, but turned out to be pretty good. You know, like um, the fights just off the top of my head that stood out to me, like uh, Khalil Roundtree uh, when he lost. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Cynthia Calvillo's comeback. Uh, I'm just off the top of my head, the things that stood out the most. And, and, you know, there was a lot, all the, all the finishes that, that we got, it was a good card. I liked it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, uh, Cynthia Cavillo. Um, she defeated Pollyanna, uh, Botello, uh, via submission. Um, she came in the fight, the underdog, um, didn't look well at the weigh-ins, um, was really struggling. Um, actually missed weight by, I think about a pound and a half or so. Um, but, uh, she gets back on the winning track and, and, uh, I think yeah. I'm here. I'm hearing she's trying to call out or, or looking to fight uh, Michelle Waterson. So yeah, that would she, did be a that fun a, fight. she did that on Monday, and um, you know, she was going through uh, the stuff that women go through. That's why she didn't because she's never missed weight before. So she actually went into a lot of detail this past uh, yesterday on on um, the MMA hour, and um, you know, she she like too much information, but apparently needed to be said because folks were were obviously you know. You always get some armchair fat body 
talking about oh she can't make weight like you know you can't make weight watching sitting there you know you probably can't make weight you know even if you take a dump like it's just like shut your mouth like you know check the history first like she she definitely you know just there's you if she does it a bunch of times like some people i won't name names but we all know who they are but um she's not somebody that you know she's coming back after going through a lot of stuff and her suspension and all that and uh it just so happened that the 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 thing chips were stacked against her a little bit still and you know she got through it so i was actually uh happy to see her get the i actually predicted that's how she was going to win i think on uh, tapology or 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 verdict or one of the places i do picks um yeah she she i knew she was going to get the choke and she got it yeah well that's her her strength is definitely on the ground Mm. um yeah you know like i said i first time missing weight um as far as i'm I'm aware so um like you said as long as it doesn't become a, a habit um I know that the female excuse is maybe it's not an excuse, but it's been being used a lot more lately than it has in the previous 15 years of women in MMA. So I don't know. Well, I hope, I hope that that's a thing though. I mean, like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not trying yeah. to, you know, I'm not a doctor and I'm not, I'm not a female. So I'm not, I'm not trying to go there. I just, you know, we didn't, we didn't hear that for, for a decade. And now I've heard it probably three out of the yeah. last four women that it's have just, missed weight. That's I mean, been there. When I heard her talking about it, I, I just made, I remembered, I mean, and the the last time I competed was, you know, a long time ago, but when I competed in grapplers quest, I remember cutting weight so I could get to uh 185, which I was last week. <laughs> but, but like, uh, I remember I couldn't get there. I got the 193 was the lightest I could get. And they wanted to mix in my division anyway. So it, it was all for nothing, but then, like years after that, when I was just training and dieting on my own and counting calories, I got down to one seventy six. I wasn't trying to get there, but I got there. So the body's just a weird thing. And I don't think I don't think uh, you know male female matters. I think I think your body just does strange things. She even said like like she did everything smart that she was supposed to do, and her body was just not you know she wasn't sweating anymore. No, nothing was you know the weight just wasn't coming off. So it's just a weird – I think with her it was a, a freak mishap. Yeah, and I, like I said, I'll, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. She didn't miss it by – it's not like she missed it by six pounds or something. It was obvious that she was making an attempt at it. And, um, you know, like I said, as long as it doesn't become a habit. Um, but, we'll, but, again, still doesn't take away from the fact that it's a bit of a scary situation when you see somebody stumbling around um, behind a towel trying to get on a scare. Yeah. Well, you, did, you heard her that she wasn't stumbling. She was trying to – I don't know if you heard the whole interview that you did. I, that... Again, I'm not going to call someone a liar, but I can watch a video yeah. and see that somebody looks like they're walking dead. Yeah, you know? no, she was. Uh, <laughs> she was trying to because they asked her to put her hands up, and and she was. That's what made her shake because she was going to do it. And then she stopped because she was like, "If I do this, uh, her her boobs are going to pop up above." Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, so yeah, I, I, you know, but I just, you know, it just still doesn't look good. You know, most people don't catch that MMA. Yeah. If you get, you know, like me, if you just caught the Twitter video or the 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 clip of it, it it doesn't look good. And you know, and and you know, if your body stops sweating, that can't be a real good thing either. So yeah. With, with all that said, uh, she got a big win. Um, you mentioned Khalil Roundtree. He took a devastating knockout to UFC newcomer. Yeah. John- Johnny Walker, who um, man looked like an absolute killer in there. That, that first elbow to the temple, you could tell already shook him, and the fact that he took more after that, you know, from that hard clinch he had him in, uh, it was just you could tell the first one stunned him. It was right in the temple too. It was horrible. Well, that yeah, I mean, a, a six foot six light heavyweight um, with some agility, and and I mean, obviously, I don't know what his ground game's like, but the the striking was uh, pretty ferocious, and you know. And when, again, I, you know, I don't want to, after one fight, I hate to, to crown somebody, but, um, you know, seemed like one of those guys when I'm watching him, that reminds me of just, you know, one of those guys who's just special, just everything's a little bit harder, a little bit, you know, a little more crisp and a little bit more devastating than, than everybody else. But, um, you know, Roundtree's a stand-up fighter who's going to stand in front of you. And if you bring that, um, and avoid his shots, then, then that, that's definitely a possibility to happen. Um. We both called the Ricardo Lamas, uh, I believe TKO knockout, and um, you know Darren Elkins is almost too uh, too uh, tough for his own good. Um, took another beating uh, before the ref stopped it, uh, basically at the uh, you know in the round three. Um, you know Lamas is is tough in a tough situation. You know he's he uh, 
he beats the hell out of a lot of people and then and then you know loses to the the top echelon of the division but uh yeah you know, you know, again elkins put up a hell of a fight and um you know i saw somebody recommend or, or point out how about darren elkins versus korean zombie and um i can't say that that doesn't sound like an interesting fight uh to me after both their you know losses in their last fights but uh two guys who are or who will go all out so yeah two guys that'll definitely you know make it win or lose you just want to watch it happen i i hear you yeah and then one of the other guys um on the card who fight on the undercard he's never fought on a main card that i'm a well he may have fought on a main card he fights seems on on fight nights all the time is uh michael prezieres um i think it was his eighth win in a row um he got a devastating uh he ended up winning by guillotine choke but i mean he just clocked the guy with uh, a right hand and and put down um God, how Bartosa uh, Fabianski. Um, it, it just, I mean, you win seven or eight fights in a row. I, I can't remember the exact number, but I think it was eight. Um, uh, it's hard for me to believe that you're fighting on the, a prelim of a fight night with mm. that many wins in a row. Yeah, um, and obviously the main event with uh, Ponzinibbio, he's obviously, his his name's been all over the internet since since uh, last weekend. I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, it, the win over Magni solidified how, how good he is. I mean, they're, they're talking about him and uh, I forget who I just saw. They're talking about him. They're already trying to set up his next fight. I mean, uh, it's crazy. It's just, it's just, um, I, I think we're, I think we're in an era uh, like in the sport where, where it's a changing of the guard. Like all these guys that were, you know, all the legends and staple names. Now the, now the next ones are coming up and it seems to be happening faster and faster. I don't know if it's because the new ownership in the UFC or all the other promotions putting their stuff out there, but there's definitely a, a, a deeper talent pool than there was five years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that there's, there's more talent. Uh, it's definitely deeper. Um, obviously with Bellator kind of coming around and, and taking a couple of the, uh, the Walter Waits um, off yeah. the table. Um, they just assigned to AJ Agazaram or, I know I'm messing up his name because of the caffeine yeah, and the soda. Yeah, I'm not a. I, I'm, I'm. I know that guy's huge in the jiu-jitsu world. I've seen him a few times. His act is a little Dylan Danis like, so I'm a little bit. You know, you got to come prove prove I, it. I think that's. In the, in the I think what's interesting though. That might be like. I wouldn't be surprised if they put him in there his first fight against Danis. Him and Danis. I Aren't mean, they different weights though? I think they're a division or two yeah, apart. Yeah, they are. They are. But uh, I mean, you know, everyone cuts weight, or you know. I'm sure. I'm sure something can happen there. I don't know. I mean, I just because uh, someone else put it out there. They, they put their two faces together in in a lot of posts when when the announcement came out on off a of Helwani show on Monday. But um, like you said, the the recipe the the uh, for his marketing is definitely uh, of the same bread as Dennis. Yeah, I mean, to me, they're both kind. Of, it seems like I, I whenever I catch him in a jiu-jitsu match, I just hear him talking, and then they go on and lose the match. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's I know yeah. that for sure. That's been like with Danis. I don't think I've ever seen him win a submission match. Um, yeah, the last one I watched him do was, and I know, I know, so I know he just got called out at the last uh, Kasai event, but I know uh, the last one I saw him actually competing was Polaris. I, I, I think it was against Tonin or somebody, right? I forget. I saw. She, I know Shields beat him in a Polaris that I was watching. Maybe um, that one. You know, I know he won. Probably won a couple matches at the at the Jiu-Jitsu Worlds, but the match yeah. I tuned into, he, I'm pretty sure he got his ass kicked points wise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just one of those things. But that's neither here nor there. Obviously, they're two of the best grapplers uh, in, in the world. I just catch him at, at bad times. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't think they should face each other immediately. I, I would. Um, I'd like to see where uh, AJ stands and Dennis still has plenty to prove. I mean, he has one bout against a guy who I think was you know, two and two and four or something like that. Yeah. So. You know, talk, talking about uh Bellator and uh, you had just, you had made the comment a little earlier about um uh, not being able to watch it. I mean, I, I thought, I thought the zone was supposed to fix all that. I think you said that last week too, like, like what what's going on here with, with uh, the delay, but um I don't know what's going on. I mean, I, one of the things about the zone that somebody else mentioned was that they, so they're showing other MMA uh, promotions on there. Uh, somebody said they showed Road FC over the past weekend. I know we've seen KSW listed on there and EFC. So it's like, like, uh, why aren't they plugging that as much as like all the boxing nonsense? I mean, what, don't you think that would draw in just more subscribers or, or, or bait more people into the $10 a month 
thing, especially if you're not showing the the live event the way that we thought. Well, I I, I heard or I I saw somewhere that the the live event thing was something that um, because the event was uh, it had to do with Paramount having the rights to that event. Mm. Um, so they had the right to view to show it, and, and it couldn't be. They didn't want to show it ahead of time, and whatever. It's still nonsense. Um, you know that, you know, that <laughs> yeah. needs to be that needs to be worked out. Um, I mean, I enjoy the boxing on the zone. I, I I've actually been watching a lot more boxing than I had in the past, just because it's on all the time. Mm. Um, and I think that that I feel like that that's what the network kind of is. Um, I know they have Bellator, which is obviously one of their one of their big draws. Um, I I don't know. Um. You know, they had a Combate Americas event over the weekend that I didn't even really know was going on until, you know, I'd catch little glimpses on Twitter. So I never caught up with that event. Um, I, I believe Eric Perez fought, yeah. um, which is one of their bigger names. So, you know, it would, and, and with a boxing market. Yeah, they showed that on Univision too. Like it was on at midnight, but, you know, the I think the full card was on the uh, zone and you could catch only the last main three main fights on Univision. Yeah, I mean the the road stuff. Um, I mean the problem with that is again, it, if it'd be like Ryzen, it airs at you know one thirty in the morning, um, my time. You know, I guess four o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, sometime around then, depending on the start time for you. Um, Fight night globals usually it's in the early. Me, Matt. Yeah, no, I know. Well, I don't know uh, why they cater to your ass. Oh, one, yeah, I'd, I'd almost rather have it start at three or four in the morning. At least I can sleep till then instead of one o'clock's kind of no man's land. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting thing. I know that the Canelo was a big deal for them, and he's got his fir- first fight coming up, I believe, on December fifteenth. Um, and I know that the same night as Bellator, uh, I believe that's the Alimalay fight. I might be confusing the dates a bit. I know the night before is Primus and and Chandler. Um, they're back to back, but um, I guess it'd probably be Saturday night would be the Elimelech fight because uh, the boxing's likely on a Saturday. Um, I know Coker was talking about them trying to do a uh, like a seamless uh, feed in where because it's Hawaii time, so the the um, you really could run the boxing match, the Canelo fight, and then as it ends, basically have the the play by play guys you know feed you right into the Bellator show where it doesn't go where you have to click something else. If you're watching the Canelo fight, Canelo fight comes to an end. They do the interview and boom, all of a sudden they've got, uh, you know, John McCarthy and, and Mike Goldberg introducing the Bellator event and, and you've got instant fights uh, on. Let me, let me ask you. I mean, um, cause if you look at, I mean, uh, if you look at like uh, all these other streaming platforms where our sport seems to be moving to a lot of sports are moving to, do you think it would help? I think it would. I mean, like, the show, like, like if you look at a show that that they pulled off of uh, the air, it, like Inside MMA or um, MMA Live, uh, MMA Uncensored Live. Do you remember that back in the day? It was on Spike TV at, at, at a here in New York, like something like that. I think now is the time to put it on a streaming platform like the Zone. Have it talk about all the stuff that's going. On. I mean, it's a good way to market it. It's a good way to grab subscribers, especially if they interview people from the various you know regional and big promotions that they have on the service, you know, it, it would get people interested. I don't, I don't, it feels like they're, they're, you know, the UFC fight pass does it. They have, um, you know, Megan O'Leary has that like 20 minute interview thing. And now they're doing their 25. Like there's, there's exclusive content for it. I feel like the zone needs to do that or at least do a, do a, a YouTube channel, do something. Yeah, yeah. See, that's probably the route I would go because, if you're watching it on DAZN, you're already probably a subscriber. Yeah. Um, at this point, I would think you you if if you're a big MMA fan, you've already used your your month up for for one of the Bellator events. Um, I would think through Twitter, uh, through Facebook, through YouTube, there's got to be ways. You know, if you can show a football game on Twitter, I would think you'd be able to have a yeah. a 25 minute um MMA talk show or or just a hype show for for what's going on this this week in DAZN. I mean, yeah. or, or you know, what's going on in the zone? I mean, there's yeah, plenty. Yeah. Of- <laughs> if you're looking for people to zone. I know a couple of guys that are available to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy to do it. You know, I mean, I'll do it. I'll do it for nine ninety nine a month. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, I, I just, I, you know, that's. I think that would be good. It, it, a way to hype up their uh, and and promote the small the fight night cards or the fight night global or the the EFN. I mean. 
most people, don't, I, to be truthful, I don't even know most of the guys on those cards anymore. I mean, there's so much MMA nowadays that you don't really, you can't keep, if you watch Bellator, UFC, um, you know, the off bigger cards that we got coming on, you know, Combate, uh, you know, you keep it, you keep track four or five, six big organizations. You can't keep track of every, every Russian organization or, or yeah. you know, I mean, there's some people that do and props to those people, but um, yeah. it, it's, it's, you know, if you work a full-time job, if you, depending on what time zone you're in, stuff like that, you just can't keep up with it. And uh, I, I think a show like that would be great. Um, even if it just went through the, basically what we do here on this show and you kind of, you know, hype up the the co-main yeah. or the, the main event or, or point out a couple people that have interesting stories. <laughs> have reliable guests at least on once a week that show up and, you know, plug the stuff that's on your platform and talk about their fights or before or after, you know what I mean? Like, I think that would be good for them. I don't know why. Uh, even if it's for bo- like everything, boxing, all of it, you know, put it all on, on one. You know, you could call it the zone fights. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I I feel like they do have some boxing stuff on there. They uh, and I, I should be more educated, but I guess I think yeah, they do. They have that Ock and Bakar or whatever the. Okay, there you go. They got those two. They got a couple guys who kind of talk about the fights, and I've seen them bring Mario Ranello on to talk about some stuff. Um, in in a couple of the the stuff I've glanced at, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that's what I would do. I I don't. I feel like that's what you have to do nowadays. Like you said, there's so much competition. Um, stuff can fly under the radar so quickly just because there's so many events. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think last week I saw just on, on Tapology they had listed 98 events or something for the weekend. And that yeah. didn't even include the event I went to in San Diego. So, <laughs> I mean, God only knows how many actually events there are. Now, the one I went to was basically an amateur event, but yeah. – um, but I mean, uh, all, all that stuff is up for grabs. You know, when when they first made their announcement, and the interview is actually on this YouTube channel. When I spoke with the CEO uh, or the president of of uh, this zone, James Rushton, and I said to him, you know, I was he said he was going to use social analytics and and you know monitor Twitter, Instagram, and, and the feedback that they get from people commenting on their stuff and their and their and what they put out on social and, and on their platform that they would pit they would they were down to to pick up anyone you know if anyone was interested in it they're gonna the interest is there they're gonna measure it and see and and pick it up so because i asked him about submission grappling i and uh also you guys know i spoke to scott coker when he was in town for beltor 207 208 and he's he was down for the whole thing too you know but it's it's, he doesn't run everything unfortunately (laughs) yeah i don't know i you know i don't know how all the numbers work but i would think that there would be other ways you can kind of get people involved and get an interest in your network for instance i would do like i'd have all the cart availability if you want to buy just the bellator event for 4.99 you get the bellator event for 4.99 and then that gets you into it you see how good the streaming is you see you know you see the quality um if somebody wants to wake up at one in the morning to watch road fc how about 99 cents that's all i want to you know and, and and then you know fight night global if it's depending on the card if they have you know mink it off or, or some of the bigger names maybe it's 2.99 you know or, or, or otherwise it's just a 99 cent you know i don't know and, and maybe that wouldn't maybe that doesn't make sense but um it seems to me like you know the person who buys it for 99 cents might say hey this is a pretty good deal there's eight events on this week or all this month and you know i can save five dollars if i just pay 9.99 not to mention the the boxing on you know basically 24 hours a day on the weekends yeah. you know for them so i don't know so, I think a little creativity would, would go a long way when trying to uh, market in, in this atmosphere of fans. Yeah, yeah. You always wonder where they're, where they're getting their people from when you see stuff like that. But um, you mentioned boxing, and we're talking about all the stuff, all the uh, combat sports and, and, and deep, deep-seated deep fandom. You and I were, were actually conversating because you were in New York when the Mayweather tension news first broke. And then as soon as you landed in California, they said it wasn't happening. But now it's happening again as an exhibition, according to Mayweather. I wrote about it over at MMANews.com. So um, I asked the question on the on the Combat Hour Twitter handle if anyone was still interested. Uh, uh, only one person replied, the sound of violence. Um, they said they weren't. Then their, their response was no, pretty much. So, I mean, you and I talked about it. You seemed interested. I was interested. Maybe when I first heard it, but this back and forth kind of made me lose my interest. And um, an exhibition where he's it's just moving around for, which it's weird. I mean, I can go more into it, but because uh, we had Lee Daly on here who wrote the Pride, the Fall, the History of Pride Fighting Championships book, and the first few chapters of that book talk about how 
stuff like that is still like you know main event worthy in Japan, but not not to us. You know what I mean? Yeah, I may I don't know. Um, I, if uh, if Conor McGregor did a three round boxing match with small gloves in a cage in in the UFC, I, I think that would still main event. I think a million people would still view in to watch it, even if you know, even if it was considered an exhibition match. As long as they're still trying to actually fight, um, I think the bottom line with it being an exhibition match is that uh, Mayweather doesn't want this to have a chance to be a loss on his record. Mm. Um, he, he's going into foreign country, so um, I mean, a straight up saying it: if I'm rising and it's exhibition, whether they say there's judges or there's no judges, I show up with judges, and if the rounds are close, at the end of the fight, I'm giving tension the win, and I'm saying that my guy just beat Mayweather. And- well, that's that's the thing, too. Like, all, with all this back and forth, you know, I mean, Ryzen was super fast to put that news out there. I mean, that came out in the middle of the night. You know, I usually wake up to those emails from, from the Ryzen PR people, and um, that's why you and I were talking about it. That came out they came out on it was it was November. It was a Monday morning. Yeah, it was a Monday morning. So you and I, you and I were together Monday afternoon after UFC two thirty, and that's the first thing you and I talked about when when we were getting sandwiches at Fedorov's. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, I. Uh, I mean, here's my thing. My thing is that I was super excited about it because I think it brings Ryzen to the forefront of the sports industry. I think all of a sudden you're going to have their name plastered everywhere. If this happens from sports center on ESPN to, to sports illustrated to just boxing world to MMA world. I think they get exposed and and shown around the world and, and it has a chance to help them explode as a, as a company. If it happens, I'm still, now I was after the first announcement, I was excited because I thought the fight was going to happen. I'm still not completely sold on it. I'm not sure if well, uh, I, I'm done like caring about it. No. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say I don't care about it. I just it wouldn't surprise me if Saki Kabara and and uh, and Ryzen are are just paying Mayweather to kind of just go along with it to keep their name in the news. Mm. And if that's all it does, and and I you know, I care about it if if tension does a spinning you know moon kick out of the blue in their exhibition and knocks Mayweather out. Then I care about it. Yeah. Well, if they go out and they actually box for three rounds and tension's able to hang with him and, and, and you know, he's a better boxer than, and, than McGregor, you know, that might get us a lot of hate mail on, on our thing, but you know, that's just the truth. <laughs> um, tension is an absolute killer for a 21, 20, 21 year old kid. I yeah. mean, the guy is one of the most talented strikers that's ever walked this planet. And um, I, I just, you know, obviously, I'd like to see something beyond a boxing match. But if Mayweather actually gets into a rising ring, I mean, that's it's the equivalent of if Mike Tyson would have fought. You know, I mean, we they always talked about Tyson fighting Bob Sapp or, uh, you know, fighting all these guys in 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 Pride for years. And uh, even when we had Lee Daly on, I asked him about that, and he said it was a real thing, but it just never quite unfolded. You know, it's real until. You know, you got to come up with that paycheck. And if they've got a paycheck to pay Mayweather to get into a ring, if he puts gloves on and somebody's actually swinging to try to knock his head off, then it's a fight. You can call yeah. it an exhibition. You can call it whatever we want. But I uh, I think the reason is is Mayweather doesn't want to risk a loss on his record because a loss in a in a three-round exhibition or whatever to this kid would, would do some damage to his uh, credibility in the United States. Um, but like I said, if I'm rising and, and – uh, and if there are judges, I'm telling my judges to be real friendly towards my fighter. And you might not even have to tell them that we all yeah. know the history of some of the stuff in, in uh, for hometown guys and, or for Japanese MMA. I mean, there's, there's always been uh, some stuff when it, when it comes to uh, judges calls and, and uh, like that. But um, I don't know. It, like I said, for me, it's keeps, if it gets rising in the news and it keeps them around for another year or another 10 years and they're still putting on events and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and if, if they can go from four events or five events a year to 12 events a year, one a month, then I'm all for it. I don't care if they bring in George Foreman to, to sell, uh, you know, Foreman grills in, in the middle of the ring uh, during their three hour intermission. <laughs> you know, um, if it, if it does well for their organization, it keeps Japanese MMA um, alive and well, then I'm, uh, I'm all for it. And, uh, and, you know, and, and I'll give Mayweather credit. I know he's getting paid a ton of money, but if he still steps into the ring, uh, kind of with an unheard of person to the to the general public, especially here in the United States, and, and the guy's swinging at him, again, if it turns into a circus act where he, they're wearing, you know, 
15 ounce gloves or, you know, 25 ounce, you know, if they, if it's a, if it's a celebrity boxing match, that's not what I want to see. But if it's two guys actually trying to box, even if it's only for nine minutes, then, um, then credit to Ryzen for pulling it off. And, and uh, I guess credit to Mayweather for getting a huge paycheck and, and getting his name in the Asian market as yeah. his career winds down. So well, I don't know, but um, you know, we can talk freak show fights and then we can also talk about this uh, golden boy production uh, going on this weekend here in, in Los Angeles. Um, I actually ended up grabbing a, a ticket, you know, I guess fairly last minute within the last week or so. Um, I can't pass up the the possibilities of, of, I guess just a whole, uh, you know, I, I kind of enjoy the, the freak show atmosphere and, you know, none of these events ever run smooth, so I kind of kind of enjoy the hilarity out of that. But um, yeah, you know, there's I also some, get... uh, there's some good fights on there actually. I mean, that I'm interested in, like the Wallel Watson and uh, Ricky Palacios, Ricardo Palacios. He he fought at Combate America, so that fight's not going to be boring. Uh, Tom no. Wallace on that card. Duran Wynn is on that card. They're fighting each other. It's, That'll uh, be a good fight. I yeah. uh, Kenneth Berg is six and zero. Oh. He's fighting Jorge Gonzalez, who's fourteen and three. And I see on Tapology is the number one rated light heavyweight out of mexico um you know long time mma vet jay silva's on the card um i haven't even looked at um i haven't even looked at odds for the for the main the main fight i mean obviously liddell holds the wins against ortiz there but i don't know how to feel about it like i think tito's gonna beat him i think tito should be a probably a two to one favorite mm. um i i tito's in i mean i I don't know. I, I don't know what Liddell's at. I mean, he hasn't fought in eight, ten years. Um, yeah, like, like Tito's been active. That's that's where I'm at too. Like like you know, that's a lot of time off. That's a lot of ring rust. I mean, um, you know, there's, well, there's a difference of, of being combat ready and active than just being combat ready. Yeah, and and you know, people always you know, I see people going, oh, Liddell lost, mm-hmm. you know, five of his last six, and Tito lost, you know, it's always it go, you know he lost, you know, nine of his last 13 or something, which obviously he had a horrific run uh, towards the end in UFC, but um, he's three and one in Bellator with his only loss being to McGeary in a fight. He got his caught in a, uh, a reverse triangle um, or an inverted triangle with, you know, in a fight he was on top and, and landing some ground and pound. So, I mean, he's over the last three years or so, Tito Ortiz has been successful in the world of MMA, you know, uh, I mean, I, I mean the, he's got a, re- a recurring neck issue that, if, that if his head gets snapped back, that's probably going to get worse for him. And then, um, I mean, the stuff that, that I hear about Liddell, like the reason why Dana White was paying him just to not fight, you know, it's concerning. I mean, the, the thing is, I mean, as far as we know, they're both clear to fight. They're both healthy. So I just hope nothing bad happens, you know, long-term afterwards. So either of the guys, just because of what they did for the sport, you know, they're, they're, those are the guys that helped catapult it into mainstream, you know, Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz, the, the Iceman and, and punishment and you know like it's just uh oh i mean it's the two of the it's two of the all-time legends of the sport yeah. i mean that's why i'm going to see it i you know i always say if i get a chance you know it's yeah. selfish it's selfish but getting a chance to see chuck liddell fight one more time you know i've seen i've seen ortiz fight 10 or 11 times live um liddell a couple um but it, it just it um it, you know i i don't see a major anything serious happening i don't know I guess it depends on where Liddell's at, really. We see these videos, but I don't put a lot of weight into those videos. I don't know what, I don't know, is it a warm-up? Is it a video put out to kind of, you know, I don't know. Mm. You know, I just know that Ortiz is in shape. I know when I see him, he's a big, you know, monster. Even when he's not in a fight, he seems to be in shape. Um, I I feel like this fight means more to him than it does to Liddell. um, Because, I, you know, I feel like this is Tito's, you know, whether it, it doesn't really have a whole lot to do with his legacy to me, but I think in his mind, I think a win over Liddell, even at this point, is something that he needs to have um, to, to kind of sign off his career and just say, you know, I had a great run. I was a multiple time UFC champion and and now I'm, I'm you know, I beat my biggest uh, rival that I ever had. So I don't know. Um, I. I, I don't know, but I, I, I think Liddell – or I'm sorry, I think Tito should be the favorite. I think he'll win the fight. Um, now, if he stands and they start trading, then it's anybody's guess, but I just feel like Tito Ortiz is going to body lock him and take him down, um, and, and Liddell's going to be on the mat. Um, yeah, because the take down defense and like reflexes, they can't, they can't be where they were. I, I just yeah, don't see that, hap- that being a thing. 
no, I don't think you can train for, for like I said, Ortiz has been fight ready for the last few years. I think he's still strong as an ox. And I, I, I you know, Liddell always had great takedown defense, but he hasn't really had anybody, you know, you, you, what you, what happens in the, in the, in the training is, is not going to match when somebody's really trying to drive you through the friggin', you know, through the, the canvas. Yeah. So um, I, that's what I see happening. Um, I could see some ground and pound. I could even see it, you know, it depending on where Liddell's at uh, and I hope it doesn't happen, but I could almost see a knockout by a, by a takedown, you know, um, I, it just depends on, it depends really where Chuck's at. We don't really know, you know, um, he could be better than in his last few UFC fights, Yeah. you know, maybe the time off and sure he's going to be older and he's going to be a little bit slower, but maybe he's, uh, you know, uh, maybe he's, I don't know. I don't know. I hope it's a good fight, and I hope it. Uh, I hope you know, like I said, nobody gets injured. I, I do want to see it, but like I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy it. I mean, I'm not gonna. So I don't even know if the bars around here are gonna be showing it. You know, like just because of uh, it, it's, it's a Golden Boy MMA promotion. Usually they show Bellator and uh, UFC stuff, and uh, even even the uh, Pro Fightly because it's on NBC Sports. But this being a pay per view, I mean, I now I hear- they should have gone network with it but i guess they couldn't go i don't know who knows uh, it, it should have been on zone yeah Go, golden boy it should have been it sh- that's what it should be on but i don't know see i it, when the pay-per-view world now is so crazy because it is it is it actually available on tv pay-per-view or is it only available through the fight tv app no i've seen uh dish network ads for it and Okay, so there. Yeah. See, I don't. I don't even have. I, I have Sling, as I mentioned before. So I don't even have the Direct TV thing anymore. I didn't even know if these fights actually are on the world of pay per view. So yeah. that'll obviously help a little bit because obviously most you're not. You're only going to get so many subscriptions for the uh, for through through Fight. Um, I do know Fight is offering on uh, Black Friday from one or I'm sorry from four to six, I believe Pacific time. Um, they're offering it for nineteen ninety nine, which is it's normally I think supposed to be forty nine ninety nine. <coughs> so um, they're offering a huge discount for a two hour period. So if 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 you're on the fence about buying it and 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 twenty bucks is something that you're willing to kick down, then obviously that would be the time to uh, to try to do it um, and order it um, for twenty bucks. I mean, you know. If I wasn't going, I'd probably pay twenty bucks to watch it just for that fight. And like you said, there's some up and comers, and you know, like I said, I just like to support other MMA groups. I don't know where the Golden Boy is going to go from here. Um, I haven't. I saw a little bit of clips of their press conference today, and it seemed comical as hell. So I really want to get into to watching yeah. those videos. That um, the announcement press conference was comical. It was very. It was just. It looked. That's what I'm saying. Like whoever Oscar has as his his MMA. Um, consultant is is doing a horrible job because i've reached out directly to golden boy like for coverage so i could you know do things secure interviews and they they through my my connections at front proof who are very boxing heavy and got zero response so i i don't know i honestly don't know what 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 uh he needs to get new people to if he's going to pursue mma he's got to get more mma oriented people on on his staff yeah, I, that it's it's the same problem with all these these organizations that try to get going. Um, you know, I I just can't believe nobody's whispered in his ear and let him know that he's pronouncing Chuck Liddell's name wrong. He he calls him Lydell, and I and and that might have been okay eighteen years ago when when Chuck was fighting Jeff Monson at UFC seventeen. But you should be talk, talking about people mispronouncing names. Yeah, well, well, yeah, but I'm not trying to promote him and make a million dollars off of him. Ponzinibbio, you know, Michael Chiesa. Hey, hey, if I'm a promoter and my and my my ass is on the line as far as making money and trying to sell them, I'm going to know how to pronounce the name. Plus, yeah, neither yeah. plus yeah. neither of the neither of those guys are Chuck Liddell. You yeah. know, I uh, you know if you can't pronounce Liddell, I'll yeah. give you a pass if you can't pronounce you know jin jaychak or you know kolakavich yeah. but if you can't pronounce liddell right when you're a promoter who have guys you know he sits here and talks about how his leg his favorite fighter in the sports ever is chuck liddell it's like come on dude you know he, somebody needs to whisper in your ear he didn't even know the name of the co-main event fighters he had on his fight card today um you know so it, it, like oh, you said that really that happened I believe so. I, yeah, I've no. seen comments, but uh, yeah, I guess he didn't. He had no idea about it. You know, he's you know they had. A, I guess it was forty five seconds of Chuck talking, forty five seconds of uh, 
Tito talking. Uh, and then it was uh, basically a little bit of uh, De La Hoya mispronouncing names and not knowing who else was on their fight card. And he took zero media questions. Yeah, so, he did that again. See, you would think like that was a, one of the biggest uh, criticisms of the of the announcement press conference. I didn't do any Q&A or take any questions from the media. And the fact that he did it again lets me know that whoever's whoever's running the PR for him is is they're just I mean, they're not invested in it. I don't I'll be honest. I don't think I don't think they're going to do another. There's not going to be any more Golden MMA Golden Boy MMA events. But who knows? I know he's got an interview scheduled this week with, with somebody I work with at one of the sites I write for. And uh, when that comes out, maybe those questions will be asked or brought up because the person interviewing him is not going to go easy on him. I know that. So, Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that there could be more. I don't know who they were going to have fight necessarily. Um, you know, you got guys like if you want to do like a Legends thing with like say the winner of this fight fighting like Vitor Belfort, something like that. I think you could do that. What I would do, and I don't know why he wouldn't have done it on this one is how, you got to have some boxing matches. I'd have the fights in a ring that my MMA fights would be in a ring. First of all. So I'd separate myself from the other North American organizations. Yeah. Um, and, and I would, I would have some boxing. You're known as the golden boy of boxing. That's your promotion. That's who your fan base is. Bring some of those guys in, have, have a, a, you know, and I don't know all of his fighters names, his boxers names, but um, you know, have somebody like Broner or somebody fighting, on your uh, as like the co-main event, you know, and have a boxing match where it's going to draw the boxing fans to come in, and all of a sudden you create a little bit more of a fan base, um, you know, and then those guys are going to stick around to watch the Tito Ortizes, and you know, and and I don't know the the problem is the pool's so so small right now. There's not mm-hmm. a big pool of guys you can get. Um, you know, obviously you got Ken Shamrocks, and who knows where he's at, you know, and you know, I, I suppose I'd watch Chuck Liddell fight Ken Shamrock, you yeah. know, it, it, you know, I can't say I wouldn't watch it, you know, it, it's, it's, but if you're going to do that, I think you, you gain a little bit more credibility by having, you know, three or four good MMA fights and then three or four, you know, or, you know, two or three good solid boxing matches. Um, heck throw a kickboxing match in there, make it a mixed card. Have a, have yeah, a, well- you know, I mean, you're, especially if you're going to have it in LA, you've got a huge jujitsu community. Get get a, have a have a couple really good, you know, submission grapplers or something. I mean, just make it a mixed card, make it a circus act atmosphere, and 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 that's how I think you really would would be the most successful. Um, yeah, you know, because yeah, nobody, yeah. nobody like like Coker would do all of that. You know, Coker. Coker I, I feel like he would do that if. He, yeah, he flat out said it when I spoke to him in the, on the interview that's on the YouTube channel. Like he said, he'll do the grappling in a cage. Just use the cage, let people do a submission only rules, EBI rules, and then uh, you know do a kickboxing MMA fight. I mean, he's all about that. So I think if, if especially if in your area, if that's where it's where you think that that stuff will sell, I mean, definitely, definitely, I think it's I think it's something we might even see in 2019. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, I like I saw that Fabricio Verdun. Well, okay, he probably is still under contract with UFC, so obviously he can sign with EBI. Um, yeah. They have a good contract, but something like that. If you had Verdun in a grappling match, um, he's, he signed to fight Gordon Ryan today. I don't know if you saw that did. in a, in a combat, combat jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Something like that, you know. Uh, it just is something that would maybe attract a fan, to, especially at nineteen ninety five for fifty dollars. No one's buying it, but if you said, "Hey, you got Verdun, Gordon Ryan, you've got." Uh, you know, a couple of these good kickboxers, you've got a good boxing match, and then you got Tito and, and, uh, and Liddell 1999. Okay. You, you know, you're, you're trying to, you're digging into a few different uh, pools of fans. You got the submission grapplers, you got the jiu-jitsu guys, you got the boxers, you got the kickboxers. I mean, I feel like that's what you got to do when you're not able to fill out an entire card um, yeah. top to bottom to, to attract everybody. Uh, we're getting close to wrapping up here um, real quick. Who do you, so are you taking Tito in that fight? If you had to pick, yeah. Okay, so we're both pretty much on the board there. Um, one thing we didn't really plan on talking about, but I just pulled it up um, because it's UFC. Um, but uh, another one that kind of flies under the, the radar because it's a fight pass card is UFC. Oh, uh, Beijing. UFC Beijing is this weekend. Um, you know, the most of the card is is you know. I mean, I'm, I don't know when I'm gonna watch it. Like. <laughs> I'm uh, yeah, be, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll probably wake yeah, up early. Thanksgiving and then weekend and you know Black Friday and shopping and all that nonsense. I mean, not that well, I the, do any of that. I'll, I'll be yeah, training Black Friday. Well, the prelims for you looks like they start at three uh, thirty. Yeah, I'll be oh, sleeping. Oh, that's Pacific time. So your you don't your your main card doesn't start till six thirty. So yeah. the first couple fights, but I mean, 
the only two fights really that attract my interest as a co-main event is Alistair Overeem, and he's fighting uh, Sergey Pavlovich, which is a 12 and 0 uh, Russian fighter. Um, I believe he's from the M1 organization, and he, um, I've heard him called the Russian Lesnar. So that fight definitely attracts my interest. Um, and then, uh, and then the heavyweight main event is a rematch between Curtis Blades and Francis yeah. Ngannou. Um, Ngannou coming off two snoozers in a row. Um, well, an ass kicking to Stipe and then a snoozer yeah. to uh, to Lewis. Yeah. Um, who do you? And he's fighting Curtis Blades, whose only career loss is Ngannou. Um, before we sign off here, who, who do you got in that main event? I mean, uh, uh, Blades seems seems like he's got he's gotten better, whereas Ngannou's um, got the yips or whatever you want to call it, as, as far as uh, you know his his. Um, Somebody, I think Joe Rogan said that Ngannou might need to see a sports psychologist to fix whatever is going on in his mind, because uh, I mean, I'm sure that power and all that is still there. But uh, uh, losing to to Stipe and someone else said that that he actually fell in love with the marketing the UFC put out for him that so much that he believed it, and then the loss kind of like shut him down. So we'll see. I mean, maybe they have a psychologist at the UFC Performance Institute that fixed him. And maybe he can put uh, Curtis Blades away again. But if not, I mean, and Blades beats him, then you know, that's a uh, that's definitely going to be a a big change in in Blades' future career. But as, as far as my pick, I mean, I'm, I think I think I'm gonna. You know what? I think I'm gonna go with Blades. Yeah, it's an interesting fight because. Um... Because Blades lost to Ngannou was by submission. I know. I believe it was a kind of a standing, uh, you know, Kimura that he took down to the ground. But Blades' strength is his wrestling. So I'll be curious to see if he can take the fight to the ground um, and how that works. If he stands in front of him, um, I'm not. I'm. I'm curious to see if Ngannou's. You know, this is this is pretty much put up or shut up for uh, for Ngannou. Yeah. Um, I mean, a loss here, he becomes basically Brett Rogers 2.0. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's basically what he becomes. And, and yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you, you go, you have a guy who was just an absolute beast, yeah. knock, knocking people out to, to uh, uh, scrub is the wrong term because neither yeah. of them are scrubs, but just not, not top 10 caliber uh, fighter. So um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I got to go with blades as well. Um, part of me wants Nganu to win just so he doesn't become that. And he still can be that, uh, another guy at the heavyweight division that that needs that needs guys. So, um, yeah. but I feel I feel like a loss, and I think he's done. Um, I, I don't. I think he's done in the UFC. I think he's done mentally. Um, I, I think he, at that point he's uh, maybe he's fighting. Uh, maybe he's fighting on Golden Boy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, real quick, I mean, I mentioned uh, you know, the weekend, we, Thanksgiving weekend. So I hope all our listeners. And supporters and subscribers have a, a happy uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Be safe on Black Friday if you're going to be shopping. And uh, if you're shopping at home and doing it online, there's going to be a link in the YouTube description. Uh, there's a Amazon let me set up uh, my own storefront. So it's in the YouTube description. And just uh, there's uh, like a list. I've compiled a list of MMA, BJJ, training equipment that I use. And, and um, also uh, three, two or three authors uh, that we've had on the show. Their books are on there, so if you want to buy them, you can go buy it. I'll probably be writing up a recommendations list for the Blogboard Jungle too. But um, yeah, um, and if you're and if you want to be a supporter, obviously the support links are on any other platforms you listen to us on Spotify, um, iTunes, and Anchor, and everywhere else. Yeah, thanks to Yuri Thompson for becoming our first uh, financial supporter of the show. Um, Yay! Yeah, some mad props to Yuri. We've had we've had uh, multiple people buy shirts. Um, so, uh, I, I can't name all them. Also thanks to them, uh, for people that have done that. I'm wearing one again tonight. They're still available. Uh, I can be, it can be gotten. So, um, any messages or whatever, if anybody's interested in buying a shirt, um, I'd be happy to get one made for you and, and get it shipped out to you. So, um, you know, and, and that we can be contacted at combat hour on Twitter. Um, you can get a hold of me at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram, or you can get a hold of Ed at Carbazal on Twitter and at Carbeerzal on Instagram. Uh, shoot us a message if you're interested in any of our stuff or if you have any questions or uh, actually any questions that you want us to answer on the show or, or uh, just curious about anything uh, we've seen or 
uh, while attending events or uh, just any questions in general, feel free to reach out. Uh, we'd be happy to help you out. So um, again, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And uh, I will be talking to you uh, over the weekend, Ed. Cool. Peace.